At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode 178. What's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's going on, buddy? Hockey's back. It's back! I got to watch hockey, NHL hockey, that is today. Oh my god. What a freaking time to be alive. I am absolutely amped up like a kid on Christmas, Mitch. I am ready to go for hockey season. I can't wait. Four games on today. One has already passed. Two on the go right now. Toronto's playing, but who cares? Um, it's, it's great. And Toronto doesn't look great. It's so good. It's, it can't get any better. We, aside from like Islanders hockey tomorrow. Exactly. We're thriving right now. We get a little appetizer with these four games. And then the main course comes tomorrow with the Islanders taking on the rival Rangers. It's all divisional stuff. So it's going to be a lot of rivalries. And that's exactly what we're going to be doing. A majority of this show, Mitch, we got to get everyone prepped up for this Islanders season. So we're going to. We're going to talk it out. We're going to talk the lines. We're going to talk about predictions. We're going to do the playoffs, if the Islanders make it, how far do they go, all the fun stuff that goes into a season preview. So let's start this thing off, Mitch, with – I think we got to start with lines. Yeah, because, like, we know most of them already. We know what the first line is going to look like, Lee, Barzell, Eberle. We know what the second line is going to look like. Beauvillier, Nelson, Bailey. We know the fourth line. We know the defensive pairings. We know the goalies. We know who the starting goalie is as well. We just don't know who's really, outside of Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, is going to play on that third line. That's it. I don't have a clue. Lou finally got to me today. I don't know if you read my my piece, but I was like, you have a better shot of closing your eyes and pointing to two names than me trying to have an educated guess on who the wingers are going to be because I have no idea. At first, it was Bellows and Wallstrom on the Pajot line, and I'm like, yes, all right, earlier in the week, like, come on, keep that rolling. We're all excited for that. Then it looked like they were going to go the veteran route. And I'm like, damn it, here we go again with Komarov and Dal Cole. Then they wave Komarov. Then earlier in the day, they have a million, literally nine players were on that line. It was nuts. And then it looks like, based on later practices from today, that Ross Johnston and Kiefer Bellows are getting the nod. I, I still have a hard time with that. I, I, I don't. I don't buy it per, per, per se. Like, why do you start with Ross Johnston? It's not that I don't like Ross Johnston. It's not that I don't like what he gives. And I know Lou said, like, it's not reductive or whatever the term was. It's not Matt Martin and Ross Johnston aren't the same player. They are. Um, but Lou doesn't see them that way. But, like, we've seen Ross go and play on, like, the top line with Matt Barzal. And he adds something, but we it's not the era of Mike Bossy, Brian Trotchy, and Clark Gillies anymore. It just isn't. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Which is no disrespect to um that era or no disrespect to Ross Johnson. It's just I, I, I don't think that's that's necessary anymore. And like the last time the Islanders went and played the Rangers and, and tried to bring that physical game, they lost. They lost six two. And they just got more skilled since then. Right, like I haven't looked at the Rangers lineup necessarily, but I don't think that they have a ton of Michael Haley's on the lineup. Do they even have Michael Haley anymore? I don't I think don't he's know. still around. No, I don't even no, know. No, they, they don't even have. He's not even on their 
No, he's gone. I think he's on another team. I'm pretty sure he's on another team. I forget which one. Not that Doesn't it necessarily matter. matters, but like, it's not going to be the same type of game. It just isn't. They don't need Ross Johnson and Matt Martin to open the season against the New York Rangers. They don't. It, it, if you want to put like a veteran presence there, cool. I get it. But it's not like Ross Johnston and his like how many games of NHL experience are what you would defa- like count as a, uh, a veteran player. Right, he has seventy four. He doesn't even have a full season of NHL experience under his belt. No, and we thought Michael Del Cole might be in that spot, but he is on IR, which was a surprise. Cap Friendly kind of just dropped that. Like they put that on their website. And Mitch texted me the setting. He was like, "Do you know anything about Michael Del Cole?" I'm like, "No," and he's like, "Well, Cap Friendly has him on IR, and uh, well, he is on IR, but we just have no idea why." Yeah, that was a strange one, right? Because like. <laughs> Lou even he didn't he didn't say anything about it uh, during the 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 press the presser today. Uh, he, he was asked about it and he's like, well, I got no comment. And you're going, mm, mm. but it, a lot of people are going to go, oh, that's cap circumvention. And you go, well, potentially, but it's not in the way that you think it is, right? Like because when you put someone on IR, not LTIR, it doesn't take cap space away. The cap space stays. All it does is allows you to bring another player in, which could help the Islanders, right? Because they were trying to walk as close to the 81.5 million as possible. Right. So you have Dal Cole, and then you bring in a Walsham, we'll say, and you've got 700 plus 864. You're getting pretty close. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with, with Dal Cole, but you're right. Like that, that spot we thought was reserved for Dal Cole. Now I, I don't know who it is. It, it seems like it's going to go to Ross Johnston. But I would be really surprised if Oliver Wallstrom doesn't get that shot and you got Bellows and Wallstrom on each side. That'd be really nice. And Bellows is technically listed on the taxi squad, but I think that's going to get changed too before tomorrow. Yeah, like he he's waiver exempt, so it doesn't matter. He can bounce back and forth and it's really just a paper transaction. They just have to get that, that call up, and I'm saying call up from the taxi squad, in before 5 p.m. on game day. That's okay. it. As long as you call him up 5 p.m. On, on game day, he's in doesn't matter and since komarov cleared already can he just go right to the taxi squad tomorrow theoretically exactly yes okay so there you go i would i would not be surprised if that happens tomorrow that would be my guess right and then you got your four on the taxi squad it's strange though because they have four players on the taxi squad not one of them is a defenseman yeah that is strange right right they got they've got eight defensemen which isn't terribly, um, like, that's kind of common. You can see teams carry eight, and they'll scratch two of them, right? Like, it's not, it's not that big deal, not that big of a deal. But they've got 14 forwards, so you you got a lot of players here. Of course, one of them is on IR. Anyways, b- back to, like, the, the third line. I would be surprised if it's not Bellows and, and Wallstrom. I understand that Barry said we're, we're, it seems like Ross might get it, uh, it just that doesn't strike me as the right tone for the season to, to start off the year. No, yeah, maybe I don't. I don't think Ross Johnson's a regular because we haven't seen him as a regular his entire career. So he's playing on opening night. Does that mean he's going to be the third line left wing every night? I would say probably not. And like you said, Barry Trotz did say I don't know if it was today or just earlier this week that he expects both Bellows and Wallstrom to get playing time this year. So. If not both of them in the lineup, you would assume that one of them is going to be on the line in the lineup at least on a regular basis, right? Like they have to. It just you can't keep going. You got to get these kids in. Like at some point, you've got to, you know, stop being like, oh, they're not as great defensively as this guy who's been in the league for ten years. Yeah, of course not. They're kids. Well, kids like they're twenty year olds. They're they're men. Um, but like, come on, man, like let them play and you, they're going to have to figure that out or or to some extent figure that out. Or they might never like Wallstrom. He might never be a good defensive player. And that's not a problem. Not everyone's a good defensive player. Matthew Barzal is not a good defensive player. I was going to say, if he scores 25 to 30 goals, do we care? <laughs> right. As long as he's not letting in 50 the other way, I don't care. And that's the thing. Like, I'm not saying you can have like this all-star dream team where nobody plays defense. It's all just, I'm going to score, try to score 30 goals a season. But with the Islanders lineup, they could afford to have a guy who leans a little bit more just on the offensive side. Right. Like you can't build a team of, I don't know, like 12 Alex Ovechkins, but you also can't build a a team of 12 Patrice Bergerons. You just can't do it. 
That's not how it works. That's not the dynamics of hockey where you either all defend or all attack. It just doesn't work. You need a balance of both. So you need some players like Wallstrom, like Bellows, who are more offensively minded. And then you supplement that with that defensive teaching that Barry Trotz will inevitably give them. Of course, you want them to have some sort of base understanding of, of and that was a problem with, with Wallstrom. He did not have that. No. I believe he's gained that over the year of playing uh, for Brent Thompson and for uh, playing uh, over uh, with uh, AIK. So, like, I, I think he's got a better appreciation for the away of the uh, off the puck game that will enable him to play at the NHL level this year. I would be surprised if he doesn't get, if he doesn't stick. They would be wild. And also, just to, to piggyback on, on top of that, um, who better to learn from for both of those guys than JG Pacho? We we've talked about this before, but like he is a, a a bottom six or a very good third line center. Um, and he leans enough offensively, so it's not like he's gonna wait quote unquote way down their offensive skill set. But he's good enough defensively and very good defensively to show them the ropes and kind of make up for their lack of judgment at times. Absolutely. Now, now I want to say something about youth and, and, and this specifically where we're talking about Bellows and Walsham, because I do remember throughout the, the, the offseason saying, I would be surprised if Barry Trotz plays those both on the third line. That doesn't sound like a Barry Trotz, Lou Lamarillo thing. So right now, I'm pleasantly surprised already. Mm-hmm. Already. The fact that they're both on the team, even if one's on the taxi squad, that'll probably change. I agree. Um, it, it would, it's, it's already great for me. And the reason I'm, I'm saying I would now be surprised if he doesn't play them together. It's just when you look at this roster and, and the amount of players that they can slot into that third line, there's no one really there. We, we mentioned Del Cole, well, IR. We mentioned Komarov, waived. We mentioned Johnston, doesn't make sense if you got Martin on the lineup. So, like, it, it just makes sense to play those two more dynamic players. And we've seen Bellows perform at the NHL level and perform mm-hmm. well in that role specifically. So, I don't know, man. I, I it, Now it surprises me. So it, it feels like I'm moving the goalposts a bit, uh, and I kind of am, but uh, and, and I'll admit to that. So I'm already pleased. I'm already happy. Let's just say that, and then let's take that a step further now, and let's get these kids in the lineup a little bit more regularly. Absolutely. Is there anything else, uh, just in the forwards in general, that you want to storylines you want to talk about this year before we get to maybe the defense a little bit? Oh, Josh Bailey. Josh okay. Bailey is going to have a good year this year. Not that he had a bad year last year. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that, and the reason why it makes sense is because there's going to be that consistency on the second line. He bounced around a lot, and he was still on pace for 52 points, I'm pretty sure. So we're, we're assuming there's going to be that consistency. We've been told he will be there consistently, but if that third line starts to plummet because he's got two youth, two young kids on there, Josh Bailey's dropping down right away. And like he's not, he being Barry, is not going to hesitate to flip that switch of switching the second line right wing option. For sure. But I don't think that's a bad thing because it's not like he's going down and playing with the corpse of Derek Broussard trying to play center. <laughs> he's going down and playing with J.G. Pajot. You're right. You're absolutely right. That's true. I didn't think of that. Yes, that's already going to be beneficial for him, right? Like if he's not getting the consistency of Brock and Bo, he's getting Jean-Gabriel Peugeot. Oh, damn. Yeah, are we going to cry about Jean-Gabriel Peugeot and Josh Bailey on the same line? No, I'm not. No, I think that's a formidable duo. Like, we know Jean can score. Uh, I said Jean-Gabriel can score, and we know that Bailey can set him up. Mm, all right, great. Yeah, there you go. I'm not, I wouldn't be mad about that. I definitely agree with you. I think the second line's going to stay intact for as long as possible. But if something does start to go wrong on either of those lines and he has to start shaking it up a little bit, are we going to cry about Wallstrom getting bumped to the second line and Bailey going down <laughs> to play with Jean-Gabriel Pesciot? Like, this is a win-win scenario, Mitch. Yeah, exactly. There's no L's given here. Do not type type F in the chat. It's not happening. Absolutely. <laughs> what about you? Is there anything that, that, you, that you want to talk about, about just the forwards themselves? I really think we see a much more consistent and better year from uh, Anders Lee. I think mm. that uh, the power play returns, uh, like his presence on the power play returns, and I think we see his goal total go up. I am not ready to just start banging the drum that the power forward's going to start breaking down. I, I don't I don't buy that yet. Not yet, no. And like the, you mentioned the power play, like if you're getting kids like who have a world-class release in Oliver Wallstrom on this power play, whose one problem was they didn't have someone with a world-class release, huh. look out. Huh, interesting. <laughs> Weird how these things work out, right? Absolutely. So I, I'm excited about this forward group. I'm 
I'm pleasantly, like you said, pleasantly surprised with that third line for now. We'll see. I, I don't think it's going to be uh, Johnson long-term on that line, but first line, second line, fourth line, and potentially the third line if they go with uh, Bellows and Wallstrom. Could be a lot of fun. Absolutely. How about this defensive core? Do they have you just as excited? They do, uh, and I know we, we've talked about it almost at nauseum at times with uh, people's obsession with Devontae's, but I am still very much excited for uh, Nicoletti to move back into the top four um, because I think he can hold that that role fairly well. I still think he can carry the puck well, and I think if he's put back into a more offensive role, he'll be able to thrive. And with a better defensive partner, no offense to Johnny Boychuk, but he was on his last leg, right? Like mm-hmm, he, was. he wasn't the player he used to be. And now you're putting him with a more capable defender who plays the same type of style uh, in, in uh, Scott Mayfield. Does that bring the best out of, uh, of Nick Letty? Who knows? But it doesn't seem like it's going to, you know, sink him. It really no. doesn't. No. Um, so I, I'm excited about that. It's a packed defensive group, right? Like I said, there's eight of them there. Thomas Hickey's on the group. Uh, that that's kind of great to see if Thomas Hickey can actually is actually going to play. I have my doubts. I think that's just there as like uh, like we mentioned earlier, a paper kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? That two point five million dollars certainly gets them up to the eighty one point five. Um, but we'll we'll see. He might he might. To me, it's Noah Dobson, man. Like how much Noah Dobson is going to be able to get out of playing regularly and on the power play. Oh God. Yeah. I'm super excited about Noah Dobson and I really am excited to see him with Andy green. And I know green's up there in age. What's he 38 years old, but I think that he's a good, he's a good partner for a young kid to get acclimated to the NHL in a regular role. We, we liked the limited sample we saw from Noah Dobson last year, but he didn't play all that much. And if he's going to be a regular you know, guy, not a rotational player, he's going to have some bumps along the way. But if he has someone like Andy Green, who's been in the league forever, is better defensively and can let Noah Dobson kind of cheat a little bit and go a little, a little more offense at times, I think that's perfect for him. At least paper over his mistakes if he makes one, right? Like yeah. if he gets nutmegged by, well, it won't happen. Well, maybe Kasperi Kapanen is now with the uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, right? Um, so maybe he gets nutmegged again. Uh, maybe Andy Green is there to, you know, to clean things up a little bit, uh, which is what you want to see. That's what you need. Uh, but for me, again, it's the power play for him. He's going to be playing with Ryan Pollock, and, and Dobson's going to be quarterbacking it. When he got picked in, in the fantasy draft I'm in, he was like one of the late, late round picks. And I went, oh, damn, that's such a good like late round pickup because he's going to play minutes. He's probably going to put up some points and he's going to mm-hmm. play on the power play. Look out. Yeah, that's that's a good late round pickup. I like that. That's intriguing. Um, and, and I agree with you. He is going to put up some points on the power play. And uh, I think... This will probably be the last year we see Noah Dobson not in a top four role. You think? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, absolutely. Yes, I totally agree. You walked that back real quick. Yeah, because I thought about it and I was like, I'm just being a like just being a devil's advocate for devil's advocating sake. I don't actually believe with that, so I walked it back immediately. Uh, how about the goalies, Mitch? What's your thoughts on uh, Varlamov and Sorokin? Um, solid. It's going to be solid. Like, there's no other way to put it. Like, we haven't seen Sorokin play at the NHL level. Uh, The Islanders are all down with them. Like, and by all the Islanders, I mean, like, the teammates, Mm -hmm. the coaching staff, the management staff. uh, And and they know a thing or two about goalies. Now, could they be hyping up their own guy? Sure, it's possible. Uh, But they don't have to hype him up as hard as they're hyping him right now. No, 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 no. Yeah, and... I, I agree with 100% of what you just said. I think it's going to be a solid duo. To me, we saw what Varlamov was last year when the team was healthy and in the playoffs. He did struggle when the Islanders were not healthy, but guess what? The rest of the team did as well. Um, and Sorokin, I'm buying the hype. I think he is going to be very good. I think there's a very strong chance he could be the starting goalie by the end of the year. That's how good he is. Yeah, I think I'd be surprised if he's not the starting goalie by the end of the year. I, I really would. I think it'll happen a lot sooner than that. And I think that, that you're, what you're saying isn't contradictory to what I'm saying. We're both coming to the same conclusion. Like By the end of this, this regular season, he is going to be the number one. Uh, it would be uh, just the way that he plays and the system that's going to be put in front of him, 
It's just going to play to all of his strengths. And we've seen what the system can do to other goalies, other less talented goalies, still sure. good, but less talented, uh, like Thomas Grice, Robin Leonard, Simeon Varlamov. We've seen mm-hmm. what it's done to all of them, and they've put up good numbers when they're playing the system. So I, I just I, I can't see another way of this kid being absolutely spectacular. I know it. it's scary to say that because you always kind of want to temper your expectations a little bit, not to be let down, but I, I'll, I'll just be flat out honest. I'm excited about him. I think he's going to be very, very good. I think he has the physical tools, the raw talent, but on top of that, he has the perfect system in place. What's better than a Barry Trotz team in front of him and Mitch Cord and Piero Greco in your ear coaching you up? Like that's just, how could you not succeed if you're that level of talent? It just, it's not, it's not possible. Um, well, I guess anything is possible, right? But it's just, it's very unlikely that this kid is an absolute, I don't know, uh, I don't want to use the, the the word, but just doesn't work out, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's just, there's no way that this kid doesn't become what we think he's going to become. It just, it's just not possible. It really isn't. He's just so, he's so skilled and he's already so, this isn't like a 20 year old kid coming in. This is a 25 year old seasoned. Like he's been through the trenches at the KHL level. Sure. But like he's faced it all. He's won championships, a championship, I should say. Uh, but like he's done it all, he's coming in seasoned and ready, and it's just kind of like, all right, the quality's higher. Well, guess what? I'm a super quality goalie, so like this shouldn't be too hard for me. No, absolutely. Uh, so with that, we talked about the roster and the lineups and what we think of all that stuff. Let's get into some predictions. So, what are your thoughts? Where do the Islanders finish in this Eastern Division? I think somewhere between third and fourth. I think. Uh, of course, like I want to say this with any prediction, you, you know, any year it's kind of like, oh, well, we don't really know. But this year, anything could really happen. Like COVID could hit any team and boof, they're done. That go- There goes their season. They just won't recover from whatever COVID hole they end up in, unfortunately. Um, so I don't want anyone coming back to us and be like, oh, see, the honors were last. When like they tank because like they lost Adam Pellick, Matthew Barzal, and I don't know, Ilya Sorokin to a COVID scare. Like, but I think third or fourth, assuming everyone's healthy. I'm going out on a limb. Oh, think, you're going to say, oh, boy. I think they win the division. I have them at 33, 18, and 5 for 71 points. <laughs> it's it's hard not to, though. Like, they're good. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals last year. Uh, they went on a 17-game point streak as well before that. When they're on their game, they are unstoppable. I have, I'll just give you the East standings. I have Islanders, Washington 2, Boston 3, Philly 4, Rangers 5, Pittsburgh 6, Buffalo 7, New Jersey 8. Yeah, yeah. I've seen some of the Islanders last, which is just laughable. Unless you think that they're just going to fail because of COVID, then all right, cool. Like, there's no arguing there. I guess, yeah. You can't tell me looking at this roster that they're going to be dead last. There's not a single analytics person who's like combined or, or, or done. What's the word I'm looking for here? I'm I'm at a loss for words. I'm going to take a drink. How about just a model? that'll help me? Yes, there isn't a single model that has the Islanders at the bottom of a division or of their division. It just doesn't mm-hmm. consistently, right? Like, of course, there's a potential, right? Any model has like they'll they'll run a thousand, one hundred thousand simulations, and they could have them at, at a couple of times at the bottom, but usually they're right there in the middle, somewhere between third and fifth. So, like, having them first isn't a bad call either. Absolutely. So with that, what is your expectation? So we both have them in the playoffs. If you're saying three, I'm saying one. How far do you have them going? All the way. Really? So if, like- if they make if they make the playoffs, I, I would not bet against them. Look what they did last year, right? Like they lost to Tampa, who's just a, a more talented team. Um, and, and unless they play Tampa again, uh, there aren't very many more talented teams out there. Okay. Maybe Toronto, maybe Toronto, but like even then they look terrible today. I have the Islanders going to the or winning the East playoffs and going to the final four before bowing out to Vegas in seven games. Okay. Yeah, that that's a good team. That's a good team. Um Yeah, that's it. There's nothing wrong with saying that. I, I just think that when they're in the playoffs, they're hard to beat, man. They're they're really hard. they're deep defensively, and that's what wins it. And you're right, defense wins championships. That's true. 
What, so what's your Stanley Cup final then? If you're saying the Islanders are going to win it, who are they going to beat? Then? I didn't. I didn't go that far. I, I oh. really didn't go that far at all. I really didn't. I didn't want to like figure out the other divisions because I don't care about the other divisions as much, right? Like they're just not. I, I'm not into it. I, okay. I'm very. This season has me laser focused on the East. I don't care about the North. I, I'm watching because I want to watch hockey, but of I'm course. not like, oh, I think Toronto's going to win. Uh, Ottawa's the last. Like I could, I could kind of riff off going like Ottawa, Edmonton, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Calgary, Ottawa. Sure. Something like that. But like, who knows, right? Like I don't watch it that closely to know exactly how it's going to work. And Calgary just added a big goalie. Like anyways, that's me just vamping to take time i guess no no, that's fine i so like i said i had the islanders bowing out to vegas in the the final four and my stanley cup is going to be vegas over carolina for the cup oh vegas over that that is a series i would watch i would watch that'd be a lot of fun i just want to see mark stone and so i i love watching him play i really do he was my Conn Smythe winner. I did this whole thing on, on the site earlier in the week where I went through. I gave all my predictions for each uh, division. Uh, I did awards, playoffs, all that fun stuff. So I got really into it, and I was like, you know what? Now, now I'm going to say this on the podcast because I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I should have done that. When I read it, I should have done mine as well, but I didn't because I'm lazy, I guess. But, yeah. That's all right. So high expectations from both Mitch and I, and you should, as a listener as well, and as an Islander fan as well, have high expectations for this team. Uh, speaking of expectations and stuff like that, we finally got the Matthew Barzell contract over the weekend, so we should touch on that a little bit as well. So Barzell signs a three-year bridge deal at a seven million dollar cap hit over the next three years. Thoughts on the deal, Mitch? Perfect. I I. I it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Well, maybe not exactly. The way I broke down my deal was a little different. I said year one, four and a half, year two, seven and a half, year three, nine, and he went four, seven, ten. Pretty damn close. Yeah. And like I said, though I even broke it down to signing bonus and salary, and his turned out to be a little bit different, right? Like the last two years or the second and third year, all salary. And I think the first year is $1 million signing bonus and a $3 million salary. Mm-hmm. Mine was flipped in year one. And I, and I had salary bo- signing bonus in year two, but none in year three. So, like, I was close. So, like, I, I was expecting 21 over three. When I, hit, when I heard six over nine and a half, I went, that, that just can't happen. The Islanders cannot make that happen without, like, some monumental or tectonic shift in the trade market. Right, which didn't happen. So that was probably part of the reason why this was delayed for so long. But eventually they agreed on that three-year deal. I think it works for both sides, to be completely honest with you, because Barzell will be, what, 25 or 26 when that deal's over. So he can cash in again and get his nice seven, eight-year deal at that point for a nice a higher AAV, probably around $10 million or more at that point. Uh, and then from the Islanders' perspective, he'll still be an RFA at the end of this deal. So that's a very good sign. And they got a guy who could be a point-per-game player making $7 million. You're looking at a McKinnon-level contract. Kind of, right? Like, you know, McKinnon's probably one of the better players in the league. Well, one of the top three at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got, what is his cap it again? It's, like, ridiculously low. It's I, I think six, it's seven, isn't Six-something? I, I don't remember off the top of my head. Why can't I find Colorado on this stupid website? There they are. I was looking for the wrong logo. Uh, yeah, McKinnon, 6.3 for the next three years. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a deal. Um, but that that's kind of what the Islanders are looking at. Their top player, their most important player, making not nearly as much as he probably should in the open market. No, absolutely. And, I mean, sure, in a perfect world, I guess you would love to have him locked in for a long time. But in this COVID economy, too, I think it makes sense because... One, he's not going to be able to get as much as he normally would under normal circumstances. And it also helps the Islanders because they could then spend around that a little bit over the next couple of years. And like he talked about, well, he didn't specifically, but Ryan Pollock talked about that, how he and Barzal had spoken in the offseason saying, like, when we sign our deals, we're hoping to sign deals that not only help ourselves because we want to get paid, but help the team because we want to keep this together, knowing what we've just done, right? Like we just went to the Eastern Conference Finals. We went to the second round the year before. We've been to the playoffs in back-to-back years. We're winning. Why the hell would we break this up? Because I'm going to like 
put the team over a barrel for two million dollars. Eh, it's not really worth it. No, it's not. I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think it's worth it. And you know, it seemed like it very much so seemed like Matthew Barzell wanted to be here. Like you looked at how happy he was when he came back and when he signed and stuff like that. And it it never felt like oh my god, like he's holding out because he doesn't want to be here or demanding more money or anything like that. It was kind of just a wait and see sort of game. Yeah, like the the, the term holdout was tossed around because it's hard to think of another word, right? Mm-hmm. It just is. The Islanders hadn't put an offer in front of him yet because they had other business to tend to. Uh, and the second they did, he signed and he was at camp that day. Right? It wasn't a Pierre-Luc Dubois situation. It wasn't no, a no. Jack Roslevic situation. They, he was in town waiting. And the second a contract got put in front of his face, he put his name on the dotted line and like jettisoned himself to, to like the, the build to building to play. He was basically there waiting, like showing up every day. Do you got one today? No. Okay, cool. I'll come back tomorrow. Yep. Right? Like this kid wants to be here. Uh, and he signed a team friendly deal, I will say. Um, yeah. that that helps them and it helps him. Like he got a huge a huge payout. Uh, so like good good for him, good for the team. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree. I think it's good for both sides. He gets a nice little raise for a little bit and then can cash in again. And I'm excited to watch him play this year. I think he's going to be very, very good. I would not be surprised if he's close to that point per game either. Just another year of him and, and Anders Lee, like that can only help. That can really only help. Yeah, I would think so. And especially if we're assuming that the power play is better and that Anders Lee specifically on the power play is better, then I think that's a, a very good sign. Absolutely. Anything else on uh, Barzal and his contract? No, it was the one thing that we were waiting for. We found out what the Timoshov contract was today. Um, so, yeah, it's, it was a last, it was really the last big thing to fall. Like you said, I think during a patron podcast, like once that was signed, all right, bring on the season. I don't care about anything else. We needed Matthew Barzal signed. Now I can concentrate on the 2021 season. Absolutely. So, with that, let's get to your prospect report. What do you got for us this week? I, I want to talk about three specifically. So Samuel sure. Bolduc, uh, Alexander Jungkrantz, and uh, Colin Adams. Okay. So Bolduc, as we know, was... What's the word? I'm looking for a word here, but he was just high praise from Barry Trotz, right? Mm-hmm. Barry Trotz said that he and Bodie Wild are John Carlson type of players or could be a John Carlson-like player. And you're high going, praise. Holy hell, sign me up for that. Not only do we have one, but we've got two. So I decided to take that to his former coach at the junior level, guy, uh, the, the Bruce Richardson, who coaches the Blainville-Bolbriand uh, Armada uh, in the QMJHL, where uh, Samuel played for three-ish, four-ish years, really. Uh, he got traded this year from the Armada to the Sherbrooke Phoenix. Anyways, so I brought that to the coach, and um, I should have done the interview in English because translating it afterwards was a pain in my butt, but it was fun to speak in French the whole time. He's like, listen... It's not that I want to talk against Barry Trotz, because uh, if anyone knows, it's going to be him. But when I coached him, what I saw was a Victor Hedman type of player. A guy who's good on both Whoa. ends of the ice, has a monster shot, and, and is an absolute athlete. Like These are the words he used. You turn athlete. Which is just it's not to say that, because the way he worried it was like, he's, he, he's less of a John Carlson because Balduk is more of an athlete. And it's not to say that Carlson isn't an athlete. It's just that Bojic has the physique and the stamina to play those big minutes, those big heavy minutes, and not just be like the offensive guy, but be the guy that's going to, you know, just will his team forward physically, uh, both in the offensive and defensive zone. Yeah, all he's more of an all-around player. Exactly, but like top-end all-around player. So he's not saying that he will be the next Victor Hedman. It's just if you can find a mold of, of player, it's going to be a Hedman-like player. That's great. That gets me super excited about him. Uh, and then he added, like, his skating is out of this world. He, it's not to say that he's the fastest skater, but he is a deceptively fast skater. For a guy who's 6'4", like, I think 213 pounds, he's not a small kid. But he was saying that his strides are powerful and efficient. Uh, it, it sometimes looks like he's not moving, but that's just because of the way he skates. He's just such an efficient mover that he'll... It, he doesn't take like three or four strides to get somewhere. It takes one or two, and he's already well ahead of you. Right. Uh, and he said his shot is absolutely ridiculous. He said, you're nist shut, which in, in French is, it, that, that's a swear word in French. Um, but like, it's, 
It's one hell of a shot. He's got one hell of a shot. That, now that that excites that excites me a lot. So, what's your what's your ETA on him? Next year. Wow. Okay. Um. He he's that close. Uh. He said when he came in. This by he I mean Bruce Richardson. When he came in at the Armada, he said we had to work on Sam's consistency because the issue with Sam is that he's not always as engaged as he should be. And so we had to work on that. Essentially okay. light a fire under his butt. Uh, and that's going to be something he's going to learn from uh, from Bruce. Uh, my God, I keep wanting to say Bruce Arians, uh, but it's Brent <laughs> Thompson. Sorry, completely Bruce, different person. You're watching football? No. Bruce Arians? <laughs> Apparently, it's stuck in my head for some reason. Uh, playing a year under, uh, under um, Brent is going to be wildly beneficial for Samuel Bolzik. In terms of his consistency, learning how to be a pro, and putting all of his raw talent together, and being that that defenseman that we all think he can be, or, or that Barry Trotz and Richardson thinks he can be. That I love hearing that praise from him. So that that's super exciting. I'm in on him. I, I'm very high on Samuel Bulldog now. So, and that's not even considering the fact that we also have Bodie Wild there, right? So, um. We thought he might be playing at the NHL level this year. He's not going to. He's going to be playing at the AHL, okay. which makes a ton of sense based off of what how we know that Barry Trotz and Lou Lermarillo like to bring in their prospects. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised with that at all, really. And I think it's going to be a good opportunity for him, too. Exactly. Uh, next, Alexander Ljungkrantz, the third-round pick from the Islanders or for the Islanders this year. Uh, I, I think I said last week that he was put on loan from Brynäs to Stromsbro in the Hockey Etan, which is like their third division, which is a step up from him. A lot of people say, well, going from the SHL, which is div like top division to two divisions down, isn't a step up. Um, it is because he was getting, sorry, his top ice time this year for Brynäs with nine minutes, 11 seconds. Not a lot. Total. He got 15 minutes, 33 seconds of five on five time in his first game for Brynäs last week. Wow. Okay, so uh, that's a, obviously a drastic difference. Drastic. He's playing on the power play. He had three shifts on the power play, uh, and it was about a minute apiece. So that's 18 minutes of ice time is what he's getting. Good for him, man. That's great. So he's he played again today. I haven't got the report from their stats, guys. So this these aren't official uh, league stats because the league doesn't track those, but Stromsbro has someone tracking those stats, uh, and he's feeding them to me. Uh, so I don't know how much he played this week, but I would imagine it's the same. I spoke to the coach before the game uh, and is like super excited about uh, Alexander. They actually brought in a guy who the coach told me to look out for. It's Ooh. this Dahlstrom kid who played for, for Brynäs as well. Okay. Uh, apparently, Ljungkrenz and Dahlstrom have incredible on-ice chemistry. And now they're mm. both playing at Stromsbro. So not only is Ljungkrenz playing top minutes in a top six on the power play, he's now playing with the centerman who he has very uh, like a tight chemistry with so like that should just bring out the best of them yeah you would think so okay that's good uh the last one i wanted to bring up is colin adams so that's a i, I always forget uh where they draft like how high he was i believe he's a sixth round pick from the islanders in 2016 but i'm just trying to bring that up right now sure yes sixth round pick of 2016 170th overall He's playing for the University of North Dakota, which is the second-ranked uh, program in NCAA hockey. He's on his six-game point streak right now. Wow. Six games? Six games, eight points. He's tied for seventh in scoring in the entire league. Not just, like, uh, his specific conference, the league, NCAA hockey. Div 1 hockey, he wow. leads it. Or not leads it, but he's seventh. He's two points back of someone like by the name of Cole Caulfield. I think we've all heard of him. Who? Yeah, exactly. No, I know, I know. I know. Right, like this is a sixth round pick. Caulfield is a first round pick. Mind you, Caulfield probably has more raw talent, uh, yes. whereas Adams probably does not. Uh, but this is year over year of, of really good results for Colin Adams, who isn't just like playing on a good line. He plays with Pinto, which helps. Uh, but he was doing that beforehand. Like he's he's a, a driver for UND, which is a top program. Uh, in Div 1 hockey this year. And he's on his last year, I would imagine, before he joins the Islanders as a pro at the end of the season. I would expect. High praise for all three of those guys, it seems like. 
Yeah, so like this kid, it's fourth year. So if he doesn't sign with the Islanders by the end of the year, he's going to go free he's agency. Gonna go. Which uh, someone's going to pick him up. Someone's going to pick him up. Uh, the Islanders have to be the first ones. They have the first kick at the can, so I'd be surprised if they don't. If they don't sign him. Okay, so yeah, hopefully he signs his ELC. That would be, that'd be good. We'll see. Like I mentioned the other day that they haven't spoken to Robin Sallow, they being the Islanders, who's in the same boat, right? Like if he doesn't sign this year, he's going to become a free agent. So I'm still waiting for a word from his team, he being Adams in this case. I've reached out to UND, so I'm just waiting for comment on them so I can speak to, to Adams and, and ask him that question about like, so have they spoken to you yet or not? And and if, if not, like, are you worried about free agency? Blah, blah, blah. No, all good. All very good stuff to know. And I'm I'm excited to hear you know what he has to say on that if the islanders have reached out if it's been silent we'll have to see but i would be surprised if they let both those guys go for nothing yeah that doesn't seem like something in the lamrose book he wouldn't let josh hosan go for nothing he's not going to let these guys go for nothing absolutely so uh, with that shall we get into the quiz mitch for let's this week? do it this week uh we're episode 178 I kind of feel like we've done this person before when I was pulling up the clues, but we'll see. When you get to this person, you'll tell me if so or not. Um, So like we do every week, I give Matt five clues to guess a former New York Islander player, and that player has something to do with the episode number. Uh, Every clue is progressively easier. Matt figured it out in guess number two or three last week. I think so. So let's see if he can do it again this week. I don't think so. I think I made it a little bit harder. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Clue number one. I was born August 19th, 1981. So he's older than I am. Okay, next. <laughs> I had a younger brother who also played in the NHL, but I never got to play with him at the NHL level. Never got to play with him. A younger brother played in the NHL. Never got to play with him. Okay. Uh, don't know yet. So, okay. next. Good. I was an eighth overall pick in 1999. Eighth overall pick in 1999. Okay. So, played in the early 2000s. Don't have it yet, though. All right. We'll no. keep it rolling. I was one of two players sent to the Buffalo Sabres for Pekka's rights. Oh. Oh, my God. Was it two players? I'm pretty sure it was two players. Who the heck was in the trade? I don't know. I can't remember who. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Five. My name is Tyler, or Taylor, sorry. And who knows if I was pious or not? (laughs) If I was pious or not? (laughs) That's the thing I could get. Okay. There you go. I was trying to give it away. I was trying to give it away. No, you did. You did. That's okay. We got it. So wait, what? what I didn't hear your clue. Your your guess. I. It's uh, Tyler Pius. Of course. <laughs> Tyler. Tyler Pius. <laughs> Tyler Pius. You said Pius, so I I said uh, Pius Beck. Fair enough. I was just trying to rhyme or riff on Pius Pius. It sounds pretty pretty close, right? No, it does. It does. Yeah, it, it is Taylor. It was. It's Tim Connolly and Taylor Pyatt that went to Buffalo for Michael Pekka. Okay. A fan favorite. <laughs> exactly. I, weren't they both taken in the first round that year by the Islanders? They were. They were, yeah. Connolly was the fifth overall pick. Oh, boy. Thanks. Mike <laughs> Milbury, man, just flipping those first rounders like it's going out of style. Exactly. Hey, he's no longer on our TVs. Yay! 2021's already looking up. Good. All right, you want to get to the social? Yeah, let's do it. What do you got? Uh, first one here, let me bring it up, comes from okay, at Reverend Bobby, who says, NHL final rosters due in five minutes, unless you're Lou Lamarolo, in which case, submit them when you get the chance. No rush. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Spot on. Or submit them at 4.55 p.m. right before Matt's about to leave work. <laughs> whenever you feel like it Lou do it next week we don't care whenever you want to buddy oh that's great very accurate too by the way yeah I thought that was hilarious uh, my first one comes from Oyster Bay Brewing Company mm. available for pre-order now and dropping tomorrow meaning Thursday at 5pm to celebrate the start of the 2021 NHL season we are debuting the Identity Line a collab between four businesses that have helped shape the Islanders fan base. It's Blue Line Deli, King's Coast, 
Yes Men Outfitters and Oyster Bay Brewing Company. And Mitch, I don't know if you've seen this can, but you're going to absolutely love it. It is blue. It's got a fisherman-like logo, but instead of it saying Islanders, it says Identity Line across. It's a coffee cream ale. Uh, that seems right up your alley, man. It does. I, I would drink the hell out of that. Uh, love it. Love it. I saw the can. Absolutely love it already. Uh, I love everyone involved with it, obviously. So, like, great. Everything about that checks a box. People I like, great. Check. A team I like, check. The logo, check. A beer, check. Coffee, and eh, whatever. Yeah, there you go. So I like crap coffee, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I drink 7-Eleven coffee, so it doesn't really matter to me. So I, I'm i in that same boat with you, but thought that was a cool one for sure. Perfect. I would I would drink that if it was available here, but it's not. Yay, Canada, for not being able to have those beers available. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, my next one, I'm not sure if this is a joke or not. Uh, well, I, I know the tweet is a joke, but I don't okay. know if it was meant as a troll. Uh, this is from at Jet Brown Jimbo, who says, BREAKING, all caps, Canucks mm. trade Jay Beagle and Brogan Rafferty to the Isles for Noah Dobson in a 2022 second round pick. Uh, then he says Brown Benning, which I know is not Benning's name. Uh, you know, we had an extra center who teams ask about who Lou valued and we got back a prospect who can, who can contribute to the blue line right away. I, I know this isn't real, um, but I was just kind of like, I don't know if this is a troll job or not, or if this is like a really bad troll job or someone who just jokes around all the time. Have you ever seen this Brown Jim Benning person? Who is Brown Jim Benning? I have no idea who that man is. No, well, there's 17 followers, so it would surprise me. Oh. Okay. I just saw that, and I was like, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. It's just someone playing, like, GM mode in real life. Yeah, just trying to trying to be funny, make a joke like, oh, Lou likes the fourth line so much, he's going to give up Noah Dobson for a fourth liner. Like, It's a whole guess? thread. There's, like, four tweets before this. There's another one after that, like... It just seems like someone's playing NHL GM okay. on Twitter, IRL. All right. Like, all right. I mean, you do you, man. If you're fire, firing off those tweets to your 17 followers and having a good time, good for you. I'm not going to get in the way of that. Yeah, like it seems like this this person's having a good time, so I'm not going to cramp on their style. It just seems so weird. At first, I thought it was a troll job, and I was like, this sounds dumb. And then I went like, this is too dumb of a troll to be to be real. This has to be just no. an actual joke. Like, like some troll jobs are funny. I'll give them that. But yeah. that that's just like it's neither funny or a good troll. So No, uh, I, I think that. it's just someone like playing GM mode in real life on their own, which, which is fine. It's just weird. People on Twitter are weird. Oh, yeah. Uh, last one for me comes from Arthur Staple via Ela Sorokin. So Sorokin is already a Long Islander bitch. I don't know. Like, I know we gave you honorary Long Island status. I think we have to do it to Sorokin as well because he says he says he really likes Jones Beach. Quote, it's very peaceful. Hard agree. Love Jones Beach. Nothing like driving down Ocean Parkway to clear the mind, too, by the way. And he said he went to Manhattan, too. I don't like a lot of people, a lot of stress. I like peaceful. Absolutely. Anyone who has ridden the Long Island Railroad trying to get into Manhattan, it, it's a yes. Sorokin just gets it, man. He is like every Long Islander who has to do that awful commute into the city and gets immediately stressed out, has to drink 10 cups of coffee and chain smoke a bunch of cigarettes just to get through their day. <laughs> I love how he's already enamored himself to the uh, to the fan base. Uh, just with like simple like I like the beach and being calm Don sign it number to the raft I don't even know what his number is put it in the rafters it's perfect it's 30 by the way he's uh it's uh Garth Snow's number which is even more funny even more uh even better it just doesn't stop with this kid absolutely perfect his English by the way oh my god incredible yeah, good for him. I, I said the same thing. Like, if I tried to speak Russian, I would, A, not understand the questions, and B, on top of that, not answer as well as he did. I thought he did a really good job. Because it, it's hard. Like, the flip from Russian to English is, is pretty hard. Just, like, sentence like construction. Like, the sentence syntax is, is different than it is in, in English. So, like, just trying to deconstruct a sentence and rebuild it. So you're speaking mm -hmm. in your head in Russian and speaking out in English. The order of words sometimes aren't the same. Okay. Uh, like, like if I want to say I love you, I'd say you, which is I you love, right? So spit that back out. You're you're spitting it up backwards, and people are like, what are you saying? 
Right. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even think of it like that, but that's a great point is you gotta, he's gotta translate it first. And I'm like, okay, now I got to put this into the order that actually makes sense. So exactly. good on him, man. So, but, but more on him. So this is NHL or serious XM NHL okay. and the 2021 Calder Memorial trophy update and they have alias Sorokin tied at fifth with 10 to one odds to win his, um, his ranking on the 15th of December was not on the board. He went so from that, off the board to fifth favorite. That was quick. <laughs> they must have read our our website a bunch. <laughs> right? Like, they just finally figured out, oh, my God, this guy is actually good. What the hell were we talking about? They got Quentin Byfield up there with 10-11. He's not even on the team. He didn't even make the team out of camp. <laughs> Poor guy. Like, he's a second overall pick, and he didn't make the team. And they're like, 10-1. to 1. He's not on the team, guys. Oh boy! So good, good on Sorokin, man. Maybe lay some cash on that and get some money in. Yeah, ten to one is still pretty good, man. Like two bucks, you got twenty dollars. That that's that's rich for me. You're that's speaking, you're me. speaking my language. Anytime I could turn two dollars into twenty, you, you could take me up on that. That's a lot of Seven Eleven coffee. There you go. That's like a whole month month's worth, just about <laughs> for me. I get my fifty four Rice Krispie squares I never bought for my kids. <laughs> Amazing. Unbelievable. Absolutely amazing. So uh, with that, let's just get a couple of plugs in here before we go. So hopefully you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please make sure to subscribe. Give a rating and review. That really helps us out a lot. You could also follow along with us on social media at Eyes on Isles FS on Twitter. We're going to have game coverage coming starting tomorrow. So you might want to tune into that Twitter account, by the way. Let's uh, my go. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY and Mitch is at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You could download our app, the Eyes on Isles app available for both iPhone and Android. Uh, you can visit the website, eyesonisles.com to view everything. And uh, last but not least, now is the time. Check out that Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Five bucks a month gets you a post-game show for every single game. Usually right after the game, sometimes at absolute latest the next morning. So you're going to get it right away. Uh, mailbag shows, which are going to record after this. A live stream, a community of Islanders fans. It's a whole lot of fun over there. Absolutely worth your while. Let's go. Bring it in. There's over 100 people. Something going on every day. Something going, yeah, something happening every day on the Patreon, no matter what. So get in there. Absolutely. So that's going to do it for us. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson. And we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.